I get to share the word with you tonight. So privileged to do so. Hallelujah. We're celebrating what God has done, is doing, and will do. Amen. Um, at the whole month of September, we've been celebrating our 36th anniversary. And to remember and hear all the stories of where we came from and where we are now, we just can't even imagine where we're going to because, I mean, you know, God isn't finished. So we are excited about it. Pastor Victor kicked us off on the first of the month, and he talked about unity. Remember the bread and the weed he had up here and the importance of it all coming together? And then Pastor June spoiled us with his word of consecration and purity. We fasted, we prayed, we believed God that we are to be the church, the example of purity and separation from the world. Not separation in that we don't reach them, but separation in that we show them how to walk holy. And then Pastor David came last week, talked about not only are we on a mission, we are the mission. God has a mission for us to do, but we are the mission, the church. So today I get the privilege as we continue on the focus of the church is mirroring. How do we mirror heaven? You know, we are called to be image bearers of the kingdom. So when you get saved, it's not just about, okay, I have my fire insurance. Praise God, I'm not going to hell. Now I'm just going to wait till he comes back. How, do you, how many of you know you come into a culture and a kingdom when you get saved? You become a kingdom citizen. And when you become a kingdom citizen, you have to fi figure out and work out and learn what the kingdom culture is. So as now we are kingdom culture people, we get to represent Christ on earth. I had an opportunity to go on a missions trip and the embassies across the sea, I don't know if you've ever been to an embassy um, that represents the United States in another country, but I see why the world thinks we live large. Like everybody lives like that, marble, mahogany, everything that you can think of. But they put the best because they're representing us in another country. So they put their best out there. So when you walk in, if you're not an American, you want to be an American by the time you leave the embassy. Well, that's what it should be like with us. We should represent heaven so well that when you walk into your neighborhood or you walk into your cubicle at work, they're following you talking about, I want to live where you live because we bring the kingdom with us. So tonight, as I talk about on earth as it is in heaven, the reflector, the image bearer, we're going to come from Ephesians 2, 19 and 20. The title of my sermon, if you're taking notes, is Kingdom Focus. Do we have a kingdom focus as a church, a mirror of heaven? Now, when you look at Ephesians and Colossians, I call them the bride and the groom of scripture. Ephesians talks about the church. Colossians is about the groom, Christ. And so when you read them, it's great to read them back to back because you have the groom and the bride together. So Ephesians, we're talking about the bride tonight, Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. And it says, for he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both to them um, to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility." He came and preached peace to you who were far off away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. 
Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members in his household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Father, we thank you for your word that transforms, that gives us light and hope. Lord, not only do we want to hear your word naturally tonight, Lord, we want to hear it in our spirit. So we ask that you would touch our intellect, touch our mind, touch our heart, Father, that we can receive your heart tonight and what you're saying. In Jesus' name, amen. So in these points, and this is a celebration, so I don't want y'all just to sit there and stare at me, and it's not that you're staring, I know you're processing this deep word, but I want to celebrate, because this is our anniversary, and we want to celebrate naturally and spiritually. We're going to celebrate the barriers being torn down. We're going to celebrate that we are a building, every last one of us a living stone, which means we have a place. And we're going to talk about the birthing. We're going to celebrate that God continues to birth. So it's not one or two, it's multiple. God continues to do as he promised. So as we look at this text in 14, verse 14, it says, the Jews and Gentiles were here, very divided people. The Jews thought they were the more intellectual, the more prosperous, the more, they just thought they were all of that. Now, Jesus is saying, wait, flag on the plate, the gospel is not just for the Jews, it's for the Gentiles. They would actually worship in the same temple, but be separate. There was a court of the Gentiles. So that would be like you coming in, and the women and the men sit over here, or the black or the white sit there. So we're in the house, but we're still separated. So Jesus is coming to them and saying, tell you what, I'm going to tear down this partition right here, this thing that blocks you from the Jews and the Gentiles, and I want you all to mix. You sit where you want to sit. Well, the Jews had a problem with that because they really felt like the Gentiles didn't deserve what they had because they were the elect, the chosen. But Jesus came to tell them, no, you don't get it. I'm tearing down this wall of division. No longer will you be divided because there's no division in heaven. And if we're to reflect what is in heaven, then we can't reflect division down here because there is none in heaven. So Jesus said, I'm going to come and I'm going to tear down these walls. They were laying aside their own traditions and their own things. So they laid aside the commands of God and grabbed hold of their traditions and said, well, this is what we believe. This is what we know. And so now they're standing in the midst of disobedience or obedience. Isn't that the tension we stand in all the time? Are we going to obey God or not? And it's not the simple things of, you know, we're not going to curse, we're not going to do this. We got that. It's when God begins to touch things that he wants us to do that we necessarily don't want to do. Can I get a witness? Or am I the only one in here that God speaks to and I say, I don't want to do that, Lord. But we have a choice to either be obedient or disobedient. There's reasons why we don't want to do it. And usually that's why God is telling us to do it. Because it's not just about the act of the obedience. It's he's getting to our heart. What is in your heart? Why do you do what you do? Even the good things. You know, you could do the right thing for the wrong reason. The wrong motivation. Everything must be motivated to glorify him. So in the midst of it, he's saying, I'm tearing down these barriers. So if we're going to reflect heaven here on earth, 
we have to make sure that we don't allow any barriers to be built because it does not represent the kingdom of God. And that's what we're called to do. Be spiritual diplomats of the kingdom. So when you see us, you've seen the kingdom. And so he begins to tear down this wall of hostility because not only was there a natural wall, there was a spiritual wall of hostility. They didn't like each other. Now, before the Lord starts stepping on your toes, I know everybody in here doesn't have a dislike for anybody. You love everybody. You don't have not one enemy, not one thing going on in your soul that would make you just repel and not want to talk to the person because I know in here, I know that I know we represent the kingdom. But I'm talking for the people outside that door who may not have gotten the message that there can be no hostility if we're going to represent the kingdom of God. Now, this sounds so spiritual until it hits your flesh. I've had to have several conversations in the last year, hard conversations with people because I felt something not right. Have you ever just felt in a relationship with somebody, something's not right? And so you have to make that call, can we meet? Can we sit down at the table and talk? I don't like those conversations. They're not real comfortable to me, not the warm and fuzzies. But when you have a kingdom focus, then kingdom flow will come out of you. So it's not so much what I want to do or not want to do. I'm representing the kingdom of God. I can't let that stay here. So in, when we, we mirror heaven, it brings us to a maturity. I love the scripture says, and the fullness of Christ. When you mature, you come to the fullness. And that's what God is doing. And I touched on that when I talked about um, the perfected love. What does perfected love look like? It steps over what you want to do and says, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. So these barriers have to come down of color, of race. We see this all the time. My husband, um, rep and rise tonight, hallelujah. As you know, God has taken us to South Carolina. And the more we meet people down there, and um, some of my family is there and they watch us online. Hey, family. Um, they say, we can't find a church like Grace down here. There's many a churches because it's the, the Bible Beltway. I mean, the whole, the whole Southern, you know, you go, you see bulletin boards. Do you know Jesus? Jesus saves, Jesus loves, all around there. But then you go on a Sunday and you don't see anything like grace. You see everyone separated. I mean, you know, that's still dividing walls. So somebody has to step up like our pastor did, Pastor Duke did, Pastor Jim said, these walls have to come down. Now, these men are mighty and could have had their own churches by themselves, but they knew, no, there's a greater purpose. There's a kingdom focus that we have here, that we have to model here on earth. And so they came together and look at us, every nationality, every creed, amazing, the nation sitting right in this sanctuary because we let those walls come down, but we can't be satisfied with just the walls in here. There's walls in your neighborhood. There's walls on your job. And we have to be the kingdom voice that says these walls must come down. We need to speak into our society. These walls are not right. They must come down. Why? Because of the completed work of the cross. It's a done deal in the spirit. So we now have to walk this out. We get to walk this out and show people what unity looks like. I love Pastor um, Victor said this in his sermon, the secret of the Trinity is unity. That'll preach all by itself. 
Just let that marinate for a moment. The secret of the Trinity is unity. God wants us all to be one. Didn't Jesus pray that? Lord, let them be one as you and I are one. So there's a greater responsibility that we have than to just come in, come to church, and we're so grateful we can do that. We can serve. But if you're just serving next to your brother, but you're not doing life with your brother, perhaps there's still a wall. God wants us to tear down these walls of division, and it begins in our prayer life. Are we praying about walls coming down? Praise God, we were able to plant in Charlottesville. Walls have to come down. They were interviewing Billy Graham, and and they asked him, how do you go into these cities, preach an elementary message, and thousands of people get saved? He said, it's not what we do when we get there. It's what we do way before. He said, we go in that city and we pray. We fight that battle in the spirit realm and say, those walls must come down. And he says, when you win the battle in the spirit, the natural has no choice but to line up. Glory. I was sitting there having church. I'm like, I hope people caught that. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Our battle is spiritual. And these dividing walls are in the spirit. And when we understand that, we don't get on our feet before we get on our knees. And we declare these walls must come down. Praise God. I celebrate the fact that he tore them down. We don't need to resurrect them. But we need to make sure they stay down. The building, he said, I came for one new humanity out of two. So he took the Jews and the Gentiles and said, I'm meshing you together. You're now one. Some of them couldn't understand that. It was a mystery. They were thinking, how can all of this become one? By unifying what God says about his word. Coming into agreement with his heart. Knowing what the kingdom of God is and making sure we're a good citizen in it. The humanity that God wanted to create, he brought them together so that we could all fellowship as one with him. And so that is our goal as we mirror heaven. Lord, that we wanna emulate what you and the Father are. Let them be one as you and I are one. And when that is in our heart, we get to see the reconciliation that Christ died for. We have the ministry, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, we have the minister of reconciliation, every last one of us. So there's no need for division because we're ready to reconcile at a moment's notice. Is it easy? No. Husbands and wives, just keep looking forward, but you know it's not easy. (laughs) It's not easy to reconcile. It's not easy to have the conversations. It's not easy to humble yourself. But where in scripture did it say anything would be easy? The world wants easy, microwave, put it in, pop it out, and we have a six-course six meal. It doesn't work like that because it's all about fellowship. And fellowship isn't just when things are good. Fellowship happens when things aren't so good. Paul said it this way, to know you and the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your suffering. I recognize when I have to step in and it feels like I'm suffering. I can now fellowship with him. God, this is what this feels like? Lord, thank you for doing this for humanity. I'm just feeling it for my little situation. But you did this for humanity. Step into the fellowship of his suffering. And when we respond the way he does, we are the mirrors of heaven. 
we get to model for people what it looks like to step into fellowship with God. Everything should be from there. As saints, we're not trying to get to there. We start from there because of the completed work of the cross. So we get to celebrate that, God, this is a done deal. It's already cooked. We just got to warm it up. I'm so glad when my husband cooks and says, it's all done, just warm it up. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory. Make a sister kick off her stilettos and dance. God said, you are my workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that have been prepared, what? Beforehand. Warm it up that you should walk in them. So he's done it all for us. We just have to be obedient, mirror heaven in oneness and say, God, I'm going to do this because I'm in fellowship with you. And that fellowship with him then brings us in fellowship with one another. Because now we know we're in this together. We are reconciled. That word reconciled means to bring back the former state of harmony. If anything we hear in the, in the world today, it is not harmony. I remember when my son was playing an instrument in elementary school. Lord Jesus. And you had to go to the little recitals. And you're sitting there and all the little kids are so cute. They got their little suits on and they had the little instruments and you sit there for two hours and you listen to Lil Boo Boo and them and they, you know, you just, you're like, Lord, please help me. But all of us as parents were sitting there smiling because our little Boo Boo is playing the drums or he's, you know, playing the guitar or whatever instrument, but you can barely make out what the song is. <laughs> no harmony at all, but they just so happy and they're smiling, <laughs> you know. But that's what we see in the world. There's no harmony. The conductor is Jesus and nobody out there is listening to him. But here in the church, you walk in. Aren't you glad we have? Can we give it up for our praise team? Oh, my word. Oh, my word. Like, I would constantly buy their albums. I mean, I I was playing a song and somebody said, who was that? I said, our worship team. They were like, what? (laughs) But I'm so glad they have harmony. They work together. And how many you know that just doesn't happen when they get on the stage on a Sunday? They are practicing at home. They're coming here on Thursday nights. So there's a lot of things that go into what you hear on a Sunday or a Wednesday. What are we practicing in our private time? Are we hearing the sound of the conductor? Are we seeing his direction? Because that's what we're supposed to mirror. It's not supposed to be a song we come up with. If I asked all of you in here just to start singing right now, it would probably sound chaotic. Why? Because you don't know what song the other person's going to sing. You're just going to start singing a song. Whatever pops in your mind, you're going to sing it. And although some of you may sound good, others might not sound so good, and it's not going to be real good when we hear it. But what if we put something on the screen and says, sing that? We automatically come into unity because we're following the same thing. That's what it looks like to mirror heaven. What does Jesus have on the screen? That's what we say. That's what we sing. The building up. Now, the scripture says he is the chief cornerstone. Um, Charles, if you could put our AV, put that picture up of the cornerstone. Um, It's amazing when you really think about a cornerstone. It goes at the base of the building and it brings two walls together. 
And so when you look at a cornerstone, let me know when it's up there. Thank you. When you look at that, that base right there that goes like this, that is the cornerstone. Well, the scripture saying Jesus is the chief cornerstone. He holds it all together. If you were to remove that cornerstone, that wall, both walls would be in serious trouble. They would crumble because there's no base to keep them together. So the reason we can sit in here with every nation, every tongue, different uh, traditions, backgrounds, and be unified is because Jesus brings us together. And then the scripture also says on the foundations of the prophets and the apostles, the Old Testament and the New Testament coming together, the foundation of the kingdom. And when we know there's a foundation of the kingdom and Jesus holds it all together, now we're mirroring heaven because we know we're fitted together for a purpose. We have a purpose, and that's that the world would see God. A lot of our relatives, friends, coworkers may not ever dawn the steps of a church, but because they live next to you or work next to you, they should know who Christ is, what the kingdom is, because we constantly reflect the kingdom of God. Why? Because we're living stones. 1 Peter 2.5 says, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So we are living stones. So the stones that are being put up on that wall, Jesus does it, not us. We might not want to be on this side of the wall or we want to be on the top of the wall, but the Lord says, it is I that places the members in the body because why there's a kingdom purpose. So your position isn't just about where you're placed. Your position is about purpose. And that's what we always want to remember. Our flesh wants to go to comfort. God's not concerned about our comfort. It's our character. And he'll place us on the wall exactly where we need to be. Why? Because he has a purpose. And that's why we were created, for his plans and his purposes. Can we celebrate that? That we're part of his plans and his purposes. Amazing. The God of the universe. The world being like his footstool, and we are part of his purpose. He flung the stars in the sky. Every time I look at the stars, I think of that scripture. Do you ever fling something across the room? Like he flung the stars in the sky. And you just look at all of them and think, how immense, wow, Lord, what? And the galaxies that they still haven't discovered. They're still discovering galaxies. This is our Father. This is who we get to celebrate and live with every day. I celebrate the fact that we're built together, that we're not isolated. Why? Because there's nothing in heaven isolated. When you read Revelations, it is amazing the things that God has created. And everything means something. He did nothing in vain. And everything comes together in unity. Everything comes together in the purpose of his will. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven. So we get to build according to the specs that he has created. Not our own blueprints, but the blueprints of heaven. Didn't he say to Moses, build it according to the pattern I've shown you? So we don't have to figure out a thing. What we do is we lay before the Lord and say, Lord, show me the pattern. That's where we get the correct building. Isn't that what they did with the tabernacle? And then after they built it, God came to inspect it. And he looked and, and it was okay, so his glory fell. So we just don't want a house that we've built. We want his glory to rest here. 
Hallelujah. We want people to walk in. So there's something different here. The glory of the Lord lives here. That's why we have to build it. One of my friends was having a house built and they came in and realized they were building it wrong. And although it was beautiful, they had to rip up all that stuff that wasn't right. But it was beautiful. But that's not what they ordered. That's not what they wanted. That's not what they paid for. When Christ looks at us, does he get what he ordered? Does he get what he paid for? Is it the plans of heaven? And the only way you can get them and those plans are to be at his feet. Because at his feet, he will begin to reveal who you are and what he's called you to do. I'm so glad in his love, he doesn't just tell us what we're supposed to do first. Because if we're doing it and we don't know who we are, how many know the enemy's going to take your lunch? But when you recognize who you are in, in, in the faith, who you are in Christ, when you take on his nature, then what you do isn't just about getting done. People get to know him better because we're reflecting his nature. We're reflecting who he is. That's what God has called us to do as we mirror heaven. Now, lastly, I want to talk about birthing. God has done some amazing things in this house, and he continues to birth. And Grace Covenant Church is in the midst of birthing. We sent Pastor Dehan out to um, L.A. for Renew. Pastor Donnell was the first into D.C. Then Pastor Donnell plants in, um, with Pastor Daryl Morrison in Arizona. Then we just sent uh, Pastor Harris to Charlottesville. And now my husband and I are getting ready to go to Myrtle Beach. When we are kingdom focused, then we know it's not about a people or a place, it's about his presence. And he'll take us to where he wants us to reflect the glory to the world. Now, for us, it's hard because we, in our minds, think, oh, we got this figured out, God. This is what you're going to do. This is what it's going to look like. And then God shows you his plan. I remember Pastor Duke was teaching a class. I think it was um, Experiencing God by Blackaby. Phenomenal um, course if you haven't taken it. Um, But he had used an example, and he says, you know, we fill out this paper, and we have all our plans and everything, and then we hand it to God and say, sign this. (laughs) God looks at the paper and laughs. As a father, not (laughs) mocking us, but that's cute. (laughs) Then he gives us a blank paper and he says, sign this. Uh, (laughs) Because our job is to reflect heaven. And if we haven't seen it, how can we reflect it? So he wants to show us. And that's what the walk is about. A lot of times we just want to get to the destination. But how many know it's about the journey? Because in the journey, that's when you get to know him. That's when you, oh, is that how that works, Lord? Oh, is that your heart in that, Father? So as we birth, he joins us together to do his will. That's why we have to love. That love is the glue. It knits everything together. The love of God knits us together. Even when we're mad at each other, I have a huge family. My dad is one of 10, and he's from Spottenburg, South Carolina, and we have relatives all the way up to Maryland. And we do our family reunions every year. We don't know each other when we go, and we don't know each other when we leave. (laughs) We go down there, spend all this money, eat this expensive dinner, and then go on back on the bus and go to where you need to be. See, we're not really joined together. Just because we have our last name is the same, or we're affiliated with the last name, we all meet. But there's no mission. There's no purpose. 
So you leave the same way you came. But see, when you come to a body of Christ and you're joined together, you get the mission and the vision of what you're called to do. That's how you birth things for the kingdom. So my, my brother's a master gunner in, in the military, and he was telling me when they're on convoy, they all travel together. So you have all the special ops and people, and they're all in this convoy. And he says, the leaders are in the middle. Well, he's a master gunner, so he's in front. And their job is to scan from left to right. That's all they do. And if they say even the, the slightest movement, they throw up a signal and it stops the entire convoy. And then the leader will radio up to them and ask, what do you see? And they have to tell them what they see. I just saw a twig move. Now the question is, did a bird land? Is the enemy behind there? You don't know. But with something interesting, my brother said after that, he says, now we don't get to choose whether we proceed or not. We saw it. We told the leaders, but they choose whether we proceed or not. And he said, now, if we are right and it's the enemy, we're going to get hit first. But if it's a twig, we're all happy because we, we fight together, we live together, we die together. But the thing is, we're joined together for this mission. So nobody says, well, look, I don't think we should move on. So y'all go ahead on and I'm going to park my little tank over here because I know what I saw. <laughs> now we laugh, but isn't that sometimes what goes on in our little spirit when it doesn't go right for us? <laughs> no, what the pastor's talking about. He knows you're not supposed to build like that. I'm just going to take my stuff and come on out to this ministry, and when he gets it together, I'll be back. That's not being joined together. And the attitude of the warriors, the warriors that he was telling me about is amazing. The moment that, that sergeant, lieutenant, commander, whoever it is in the middle gives the charge, they act like it was them that gave the charge, even if they disagree. Why? Because they're determined to stay unified. And if a soldier gets out of line and says and starts, you know, well, I don't think we should do this, everybody shuts them up because they're unified. All for one and one for all. Now, if the world does that, how much more should we who are called to reflect the kingdom? So we know how to bring our flesh under subjection and trust God. And I asked him, well, what do you do if you really think this is an enemy? He said, you got to trust your leaders. That's why you have to be meticulous. You have to be on it and let them know what you saw because they're making the decision off of what you saw, not what they saw. So everybody has a responsibility. And as he was telling me, I was like, that'll preach all by itself. Joined together for a mission and a purpose. Something they're willing to die for. Are we willing to die for the kingdom? Are we really like Paul being beat, thrown in the inner prison, telling him not to preach? What does he do? The moment he gets released, he goes back out there and starts preaching again. <laughs> Didn't he do it, JC? He was out there preaching right away. Didn't go home and say, well, God, now let's talk about this. Because, you know, I did what you asked me to do, Lord, and they beat me, and I thought you were not going to let them beat me, and I was almost dead. And now, we got to talk about this before I go back out there in the street. <laughs> no, unified. He knew what God called him to do, and nobody on this earth was going to stop him from doing it. Why? He's reflecting the kingdom. He knows what God has called him to. 
as we're built together, as we're birthing in this house, as we're birthing for the kingdom, we know we are built together, joined together. We're not alone. So now we are called to rise up and be a holy temple. So that building, brick on top of brick, every time you come in and you see another person, it's another brick. Praise God. I want that wall so high the enemy can't even think about getting over it. And the mortar in between is the love of God that knits our hearts together with him. So we treat each other well. Are we going to work each other's nerves? Absolutely. Are we going to offend each other? Absolutely. Because we're growing. But the key is not to stay there because we want to reflect heaven. That's why we have the hard conversations. That's why we sit next to the person we're struggling with. That's why we make the call and say, can we talk? because we are knitted together for our purpose in its kingdom. And if we're gonna reflect the kingdom, we have to reflect the heart of God in the kingdom. No division, no disunity. So we're growing up to be that temple. So as we reflect heaven and then we pray, even as the disciples ask Jesus, teach us how to pray. Our Father who are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right there he was teaching them, it's about the kingdom. That kingdom needs to touch earth. And when we fellowship with God, that happens. When we do what God says to do, that happens. And we have peace in it because he's our peace. We know it's going to work out. We don't know how it's going to work out, but it's going to work out. Because we're kingdom citizens and we have a king. And he speaks into these situations. So I want to invite you tonight. As we celebrate this 36th year. We note everything God has done. And we praise him. The vision our pastors stood in. They didn't see it in the natural. They saw it in the spirit. And they didn't let go. And because they didn't let go, we stand here today. Look at what he's doing in all of us, knitting our hearts, growing us up into a holy temple. Why? So that his spirit can rest there. Can the Lord rest in your spirit, in your temple? You know, you're the church. We don't go to church. We are the church. So he rests in this temple, this holy temple. He rests there. So I want to invite you tonight. I'm going to have the praise team come up. I just believe that God wants us to rise in faith. We want to rise in breaking down these barriers. We want to rise in building. No more will we bury gifts. No more will we shrink back and say, well, they got that. They don't need me. The body says every joint supplies. Everybody say every. That means all. Every joint supplies. So when we come in, we all have an assignment. And that is to be built up to reflect the kingdom of God and to rise in what he's called us to do. Can we just worship for a minute and thank God for rising in his spirit. Rising and building. Rising and birthing. Some of you are sitting there, oh, that's nice they're going to Myrtle Beach. That's nice they're going to Charlottesville. I remember hearing those calls. Oh, that's nice. And now it's me. (laughs) Now I get to go reflect the kingdom of heaven in Myrtle Beach. Who knows where God will send you? So we want you to know how to be the kingdom of God and rise up. Amen? Amen. Amen. 